Herodias. I want to tell you something about Sardis. Uh, Herodias, who was a Greek historian, tells us the fall of Sardis during the day of Cyrus. King Cyrus came and he found the position of the city. He looked at it and said, man, this city is, is well defended. There was cliffs and it just seemed there was no way to penetrate it. And he said, there's just, you can't scale the cliffs. They're too, they're too steep. He offered a reward. He said, okay, if anybody could get in there, I will, I will make them richer than anybody has ever been. So one soldier got, started studying the problem and he noticed one day there was a soldier up on the wall. Next thing he knows, he saw the, the soldier come out of the city and go down a trail and retrieve his help. He marked it that night. He, they climbed up to where the soldier was helmet, found the trail, went up, and when they got to the top of the wall, found it unguarded. So the detachment of soldiers snuck into the city, opened up the gate, and the city was conquered. What really makes this really bad is the same city, 200 years later, a guy named Anacostus went and did the exact same thing in the exact same place. And the whole reason <coughs> our city is so well built, we don't have to guard it. And so they didn't put a guard. And so in the middle of the night, their city fell because it wasn't guarded. Now, take your Bible and go to the, the Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And it says this. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So the, the scripture here tells us to keep and that, that the, the word used here in Hebrew was mishmar, and it, 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 it's, the, it's funny, it's the word for a prison. To keep your heart, to guard your heart like it was in prison because it's so important. Because he tells you why, because the, the issues of life are the source of life it comes out of your heart. And if you're not careful, the 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 it, it it it's it's easy to think about what Peter said. As Peter told us, our our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And, and if your heart is not gone, imprisoned by what's right, guess what? The enemy's gonna get it. And it doesn't matter because you, you, you say, well, well, preacher, I come to church. I do. That's fine. That's wonderful. But are you guarding your heart? You know, look, listen to this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Jesus said, A good man of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. Evil treasure of his heart bringeth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. So Jesus basically says it doesn't matter 
because whatever's in there is going to come out. And, you know, you, you think about when Jesus said this, he had just shared two parables. He had shared the parable about the moat in your brother's eye. And, and then he shared the, the parable uh, about the two trees. And, and so it's, it's, I got to think about how a good tree can only produce good fruit and a bad tree can only produce bad fruit. I heard somebody say one time, I said, well, what if you got a tree and it doesn't produce any fruit? And I said, well, it's producing fruit. It's just producing no fruit, which is the same as producing bad fruit. So really, there's only two. And if that's what comes, then he tells us this verse about the treasures of the heart is what comes out. You think about that, how important it is to guard your heart. Because what goes in is going to come out and it's stored somewhere. And so basically the Bible tells us it's stored in your in your heart. So I got to think about, you know, how do you, how do you put a guard on your heart? Because it's, it's, it's so easy to be corrupted and so, so <clears throat> easy for it to, to do different things. And so I called a couple of reasons, and, and, and I actually, to start off with, only had usually 20, so I, I actually ended up with three, but I want to share with you three things you need to do to guard your heart. And the first way to guard your heart is kind of obvious, and it's through prayer. You know, uh, uh, prayer is the key to our life. Jesus tells us how important it is in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And he said this, he said, He spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought to always pray and not faint. So Jesus basically said prayer is so important because if you don't pray, then you're going to faint. And if you faint, then basically, basically that means you become weak and if the devil you're at, say he he really can sink his teeth and his claws into you when you're at your weakest. He he likes to get you when you're down. Yeah, how many of you've ever had something and it was traumatic and it was hard and and it's like man, Satan just won't let up and he's just on me and I'm just ready to give up. See, he knows that. He says if I just pile just a little more on you. Then people say, well, you know, hey, I've been say, I've been told all my life God never puts more on you than you can bear. And I'm going to tell you that's a lie of the devil, and he wants you to believe that because God wants you to rely on him and not on your own strength. So he, he puts loud stuff to be more put more on you than you can bear. Saying, oh, no, 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 you got this, so you won't turn to him because he says you may not always pray and not faint. Satan says, I want you to faint so that I can devour you because you, what he likes to do is he likes to get a Christian who's down and having a hard time and just get them away from God because that way the only thing they focus on is their problems and everything that's bad. I know I've been there. And, and you, know, you, you know what happens when a Christian gets that way? Sour pickle look. You know what that is? We walk around mean and nasty all the time. We Christians just got that down to a pat because we we, we, we allow Satan to destroy us. <coughs> we don't guard our heart enough through prayer. 
Prayer is one of the greatest things and tools that we have. You know, it, it helps keeps us out of temptation. <coughs> In the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus asked the disciples, what he said in Matthew 26, 41, he said, watch and pray. He went up to him, he said, he had asked him to pray with him. He said, watch. Not me, but ye enter not into temptation. Because the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So, so God knows that in our hearts we want to pray, we want to be strong. But you know what? He also knows that we're, we're weak. We ain't got no strength. We give up easily. You know, and, 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 and it's amazing how we do when things don't go our way. It's just like, we'll just give up. You know, if you were a disciple and, and you were on the boat and it was storming and you're in the middle of the sea, which one would have been the one to wake up Jesus? Would it have been you or would you have been over just bailing water as fast as you can. He said we're going to the other side. You got the, the, the one who can raise the dead, the one who can storm the storm, the one who can walk on water in the boat with you, and you're worried about a storm. So that's where our life is. We're too focused on the problems to see the master and to talk to him. And, and Satan likes to do that to us. You think about this prayer is how 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 God reveals his will to us. Three verse three, it says this. God said, Call on me and I will answer. That, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Call on me and I will answer. And, and show thee great and mighty things. Not only if you call on me will I answer, but show you things that are awesome. I'm going to show you things that you need to do. You, you ever mess somebody, Jimmy, that says, hey, I'm going to do God's will, but they never ask them what it is? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead. You just met one. I've done that before. Hey, I want to do what God's will, but the thing is you got to ask them. That's like, how I many of you have ever called somebody on a cell phone and they don't answer? You know, after a while, you just quit calling them on a cell phone. So, well, I, 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 buy, I got my kids have got a cell phone and my wife's got a cell phone. And if I call, they never answer. So I got don't call. And that's why sometimes it seems, sometimes what it is is God's answer is not what we want to hear. Or it's not when we want to hear it, so we quit calling, and we're like, well, I'm just, I want his will be done in my life, but I ain't going to ask him for it. God said, I'm going to show you great things. When you're praying, he reveals to you awesome things about your life, about the will, the thing you're supposed to do, but he says, you've got to call. You ever looked in the Bible? Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall. You ever wonder what? I mean, shouldn't it have been just enough? He says, hey, ask and I'll answer you. 
but he has to say it over and over and over because it, it's like this. How many of you got little kids or had little kids? Did you just have to tell them once? No, most times you had to repeat that thing over and over and over because we're like little kids. Bible calls us sheep. We're hard-headed, and we got to be told over and over, ask, ask, ask. So it's how he reveals his will. And it, it it's the greatest thing when you're going through a problem to get it answered. I mean, you think James tells us this. He says, is any among you afflicted? I like that question because you could always say, yes, I am. Then he says, well, let them pray. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Then he tells us to do this, and I know not, he ain't going to do this. Is any among you merry or happy? He said, then let him sing psalms. I mean, you know, just break out singing. Could, could you imagine what would happen this morning if you just started singing and that person beside you, what they'd think? I know what y'all think about that. Would, y'all, would you hush? I mean, we're supposed to go to him, then we're supposed to praise, but we, we don't do these things. And then I, I come to the biggest thing I thought about. How do you? Guard your heart. You do it through prayer. And you say, yeah, I started to do study, and I'm going to include that. But then I got thinking there's this one big thing, and it's through your daily living. Every day you get up, it's something you need to do. You can't just say, I'm going to do it on Sunday, and it's going to cover me all week long. I guarantee you, if you woke up this morning and said, well, I'm going to eat breakfast today, before the rest of the week's over, you're going to want to eat breakfast again. You, you, you do it all the time. Living daily is an important thing. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, I want to read these to you. Listen to this. He said this. He said, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, exhort you by the Lord Jesus. That as we have received of us, you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. For we know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor not in lust of conspicuous, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner because that the Lord not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Therefore, He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. So these eight verses tells us a lot about daily living. I want to break them down right quick this morning for you. The first one is found in verse 2. And he says, for you know what commandments we gave you. One of the most important things to do is study God's word. You want to guard your heart? 
word, there's an answer for everything you got. Sometimes you got to just to dig a little bit. You know, if you want gold, you're not just going to say, I hope it pops up. You go out and you mine for it. You, your car's running low on gas. You start looking for a gas station. You don't just hope, well, maybe it's going to fill itself back up. Studying God's word is like that. It's useful every day. Bible says to study God. God likes it when you study his word. You ain't got to do it because I told you to. Do it because God wants you to. Do it because it's life changing. Let me tell you. You said, well, I read the Bible. I met a guy once who said, well, I read the Bible. <coughs> well, I'm proud of you. He said, I read it cover to cover. It changes. It, 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 it's amazing how his word, you can read a verse one day and that verse means everything to you in the situation you're in. And then later, the same verse can mean something totally different in a different situation. That's how good God is. The next one's in verses three through five. Stay true. Listen to what it says. He says, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in the lust of conspicuous, even as the Gentiles which know not God. It's important to understand this uh, that we got to work at it. Stay true to God. Man, what sin is it that gets you? Everybody's got one. We all got that one thing that that that, that Satan knows how to get. Maybe, maybe, maybe yours this. Maybe you got. Anybody got a? You ain't got to raise your hand. You, you know. Temper just, you just, woo, you get mad at everything quick. And Satan can use that. Maybe it's your mouth. Goes along with a temper. And, and, and it just it just opens up. You say, it has a mind of its own, and it tells people things that it shouldn't. Maybe you like to hear things and then go tell everybody else and add to it. You know, did you see? Let me tell you, I know mine. It's amazing how we, we all seem to have these things, this one little sin. And, and, and Paul's telling them, he tells them, hey, you shouldn't be doing these things. And, and, and listen, he gets down into verse 5 and he says, he says the, 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 not in the lust of conspicuousness. Oh, let me tell you, it, it, it's, a, it's a Greek word and it's ethymium. And it means to desire, to crave, to have a strong desire for that which is. You know it's wrong, but you keep doing it. And you don't let go of it. You hold on to it. You know, we, we, we got to realize that, that God said he can set you free from these things, but you got to be willing. You know, oh, well, well preacher, I, 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 I. 
you realize that confession and repentance is important, but repentance is not just coming down saying you did it. Repentance is turning away from it. It's like it, how many how many of you old people have been told by a doctor not to eat? Off caffeine. I'm sorry, doctor. If I do, I'll call somebody. So, you know, there's things, uh, you know it's wrong, but you don't change from it. Because it's forbidden, it has that much more appeal to you. And you know it. And, and we got to realize God can set you free. You think about this. If Paul is... He can set you free from a sin. 16 verse 26 says, And suddenly there was a great earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Easily the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosened. I don't know about y'all, but that's pretty awesome. If God can do that, that little sin that I keep going back to, that little problem I got, he can free me from it to allow him to do it. You got to say, hey, I, 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 I'll give, I'll do it. The next thing is found in verse 6, and it's be honest. Listen to what he said, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner. Be honest. How many of you have ever lied? If you didn't say yes, then you just did. How many of you ever had to tell those little white lies? Guys, you know you have. How many of you times does this dress make me look like that? None whatsoever. But we'll tell a lie like it's no problem. We'll defraud people. Like this. So we're to be honest, the Bible says. Be honest, he said. Proverbs 19, 1 said this, Better is the poor that walketh in integrity than he that is perverse lips and is a fool. You know, I think what it is is everybody wants to keep up with the Jones, so we'll stab everybody in the back just to get what we want. It, it has become so rampant in our life and in our world today that it's accepted and promoted in many places. You know, some of us need a little help, be honest. Listen to this. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 13, 18 wrote this. He said, pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience and in all things willing to live honestly. Who wrote God's word said, pray for us because we want to show that we are honest. You know how important it is to, to show people that you're an honest person? It's your testimony. How can you say, hey, Jimmy, come to church with me, and Jimmy knows that I'm a cheat. Why would I want to go to church with you? You stab people in the back. So honesty is something we need to work at. You need help? Ask somebody to pray for Say, hey, pray that I can be what God wants me to be. That goes to verse, our next one, verse number seven. 
How do you guard your heart? By being holy. He said, for God has not called us, but into holiness. And that word holiness is hagamos. And it's pure. Having the sanctification of the heart. And a life being sanctified is a life that's set apart. Let me tell you, it don't happen overnight, does it? You, you, you didn't get saved and become a super pure person. It's something you have to work at. Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He basically said it, it is something you have to get up and work at every day. Because that devil, your adversary, wants to tear your heart apart. He wants to tear your life apart. So if you can work at being pure, you can work at being holy, you can say, God, I'm trying to be closer to you. Basically, what we're supposed to do is flee all appearances of evil. Paul didn't just say flee that which is evil. He said if it looks bad, don't put yourself in a situation. I, I remember when I was a kid one year for Christmas, I got a bicycle. Well, I was excited, so we was all out riding. It was one of those weird days that a couple of days before it had been like two degrees, and then it rained, and, it... and so field we used to like to play. It was a mud pit, so I go riding in that thing, and God said, "Go across there, you'll get stuck." And I said, "I can do it." out shoes I got stuck I sunk in the mud my bicycle got sunk I sunk in it and if I would have done what everybody else is it looked muddy but I was too stupid to stay out of it I had to go home without my shoes mama said you go back and you find your shoes but mama that mud's cold go back and find your and that little bitty hey she ain't swing a belt so I went back and got my shoes. I learned a lesson. If it looks muddy, stay away from it. Sometimes it takes us to do something stupid. If it looks bad, stay away from it. Flee it. Don't even go near it because what it's going to do is suck you into it and take something from you. Say, so, well, I, 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 don't, even, don't even go there. Just realize, flee it. He, Paul said this, he, he told the church at Philippians, he said this. As he salvation with fear. He said in, in Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13, he says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but even much more in my ass, and work at your salvation with fear and trembling. God, which worketh pleasure. Why do we work at our salvation? Because it's God's pleasure. He works in us so that we can get through it. Because get this, you're not alone doing it. Because greater is He. You just got to let Him work through you. And you can become what you need to be. Don't mean you're going to be perfect. It's in verse 8. It's by accepting. Listen to what it says. It says, 
He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God. Let me tell you what that word despises. Some of your Bibles might have it translated in, as rejecting because the word is athetio, and it means rejecting. So basically he says when you're not doing what God wants you to do, you're not rejecting, you're rejecting God. going up to him spitting in his face and saying the cross means nothing guard your heart through your daily living because he gave you all on the cross accept what he does in your life and, and you know does it going to make you the most popular no but we ought to be like Paul said. Paul said to the church in Philippians 1, verse 21, he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So Paul I need to accept Christ and to live for Christ. I'll be better off than I was. You know, let me tell you, what confessing is or accepting is, one, it's confessing. Jesus said in John or in First John chapter one, verse nine, it says, if we confess our you accept God, confess what you are. Then the next one is easy, it's surrendering. As in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, when you surrender, then you're accepting. Of us. That's the beauty of it. He doesn't. And so I, I was going to end there, but I have a third one, and I want to share my last one with you. The last thing we need to do in guarding our heart is realizing. The heart's like a reservoir. And in that reservoir is everything that you need. For but it's something unpure gets in there it's there if you if you drive by Coldwater Road and you're coming by Coldwater Creek place where many of us water at Department of Army put them up they're massive why? Because there's a trace amount of something that's deadly in our water. It would, but it's there. It leached into the ground. They're filtering, trying to filter it out, but it's there. Think about this. There's things in your heart that you let in here and here that's there.
You need to realize you've got to guard it because the more that gets in, the more toxic it becomes. David said in Psalms 51, he said, God created me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. See, because David knew that there was a heart issue and it affected his spirit, his life. So sometimes we need to realize what we are and where we're at. I'm going to close with this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things are become new. See, God can renew your heart question is have you let him and are you letting him today salvation is a continuing thing we were saved but we're supposed to continuously work at it so what's in your heart this morning how are you guarding it because if you're not careful the enemy will have it and once he gets it he destroys it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, Father, I know there's some that need to guard their hearts. Father, there's some that they've let things into their life that shouldn't be there. Lord, they didn't flee the appearance of evil. They've allowed things to pollute their hearts. So, Father, they need to do as David did and cry out, created me, clean my heart. Renew my spirit. And fathers, there's some that just need to work a little more. Lord, if there's somebody that's watching this or that's here that doesn't know you, remove that heart they have and give them a new one. But Father, I pray this morning you'll help each one of us to put a guard around our heart to be what we should be. Invitation, in the Lord's name I pray. Amen. As you stand your feet, we're going to sing page 124. 124, as we sing, the altar is open.
Thank you for coming today. I ask you to continue to pray for those of our church family that are sick. We've got so many. I mean, I'm so glad to see many of you back, but I know you still ain't 100%. Yeah, yeah, you know, is it, it's like breathing's hard. Uh, some of you got other issues. Brother Curtis, we lift him up with his back. It just doesn't seem to want to get better. So lifting brother up to you. We've got so many that are still homesick, but if just pray for one another and just all I tell you, hang in there. You know, it'll get better. One of these days spring will come and maybe we'll get through all this by then. But I mean <clears throat> I still have not got my wind all the way back. So Demi up there was just, just about to pass out while I go with his thing. So but y'all remember each other, keep those that are sick, remember our prayer. Stay in the churches, like I said, we're fixing to do a, a study on on uh, the Lottie Moon. We're going to do that so we can kind of understand Lottie Moon, and, and that way I can share that with you. Was anybody got anything before we go? Wayne, will you close us in prayer this morning? Father, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here today. Lord, we ask you to Thank you so much for this church, our pastor. I pray, God, knows.